Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I can, Megan. Awesome. Meet my brother-in-law, Zach. His wife, Erica, is my sister, and she's who I interviewed in my first ever interview episode a couple weeks ago. Well, recently I've been hearing a lot about these forest fires and wildfires that are happening up in Oregon and California, and I know that a lot of people are losing their houses and towns are losing buildings, and that animals and plants are losing their habitats. To be honest, it's really hard to imagine what those people are going through, and I know it matters that habitats are being destroyed, but I don't always know why. So I asked my brother-in-law, Zach, to tell me a story about a wildfire he experienced. So maybe I could try to imagine this a little better. I was, uh, I guess, in middle school, I want to say. I went out to California with my family to visit my aunt and uncle. Zach's aunt and uncle picked up his family in Los Angeles, and they were driving towards San Francisco when something crazy happened. Uh, we were driving along the highway through like a, a really hilly, beautiful part of California. There weren't many trees, not really forested, but but lots of brush and bushes and uh, natural grasses and stuff. But there had been a, a drought, I guess, or it had been really dry and, and not much rain for a long time. It was like 106 degrees that day. And we're driving along the highway and uh, we kind of see smoke up ahead. And The cars on the highway stopped behind a police barricade. Zach looked around and saw fire trucks, policemen, and helicopters. The cop on, on a loudspeaker tells everybody that there's a, a, a grass fire, an out-of-control fire uh, up ahead, and they're trying to battle it and get it under control, and, it, and it's getting close to the highway. And so the helicopters were, were dropping water out of the sky, and the fire trucks were on the side of the road where the cars had stopped up ahead. And pretty soon we see the fires coming over the hills and, and it's and it's moving fast. I mean, I've, I was very impressed. And as, as a younger kid at the time, I remember being very, very actually like scared in the moment, seeing just how fast the fire was was moving across these hills and, and coming fairly close towards us and definitely moving in our direction. Wildfires move really fast. In forests, they can move about six to seven miles an hour. And in grasslands, like where Zach was, they can move 14 miles an hour. All of a sudden, the police officer on, on the loudspeaker says, everybody turn your cars on, buckle your seatbelts, we're all going. As soon as the car in front of you goes, you need to follow them as close as you can. We all have to get out of here right now. Zach's family ended up having to drive straight through the fire. Flames were on both sides of the road, and though it wasn't the strongest or hottest part of the fire, it was still pretty scary. Uh, there was plenty of smoke in the air, obviously, and I don't remember how long it took us to get through that part of the fire. Uh, I think only a minute or two. Um, but my aunt in the car, she uh, she had um, COPD, so that added another another layer of just kind of fear and uncertainty as we were driving through it. Uh, COPD stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. It's basically a disease that makes it hard for oxygen to get into your lungs. Things like smoke and wildfires can make it really hard for people with COPD or other diseases to breathe. They, we everybody got out just fine, and then the fire eventually got under control. Uh, but, but for I just remember being, you know, just completely overwhelmed with with everything. You know, I had never seen any of those things happen, let let all let on all of those things happen at the same time. Wildfires are incredibly dangerous. They can destroy people's lives, and they can destroy the lives of plants and animals that people even depend on. 
So maybe you're wondering, what does this have to do with our podcast today? Welcome to Life Science for 7th Graders, the podcast. My name is Megan Hauk. I am the 7th grade science teacher at Unity Junior High and also your host. Today, we'll be exploring how cells make energy and discovering how all living things are connected. Here are some vocab words to listen for. Cellular respiration, glycolysis, fermentation, photosynthesis, and adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. All right, let's get started. In previous episodes, I've mentioned the six characteristics of life and something called cell theory. Both are really important to talking about how cells use energy, so let's recap. Cell theory teaches us that all cells come from pre-existing cells. Every living thing is made up of one or more cells, and that cells are the smallest possible living thing on the planet. What exactly makes something living? Well, the six characteristics of life tell us what all living things have in common. So the first thing is organization. A single-celled organism and me have this in common, we're both organized. I have organs in my body, cells have organelles. And those are things that are special structures that do very specific functions. All living things also grow and develop. They have the capability to reproduce. They can respond to stimuli. They maintain homeostasis and they use energy. That's what we'll talk about today with the cells. All living things use energy. I am a human or homo sapien. I use energy all the time. But how do I get energy? Well, that makes me think of food. When I need some energy, I eat food and I put things into my body that later turn into energy. How does the food going into my body turn into energy I need to do things like get up and walk or run or be a teacher or record a podcast. Cells need energy in order to survive, just like I do. Cells need the energy that I take into my body as food in order to perform all the tasks they need to perform. The process of taking in food and changing it into energy in cells is called cellular respiration. The technical definition of cellular respiration is a series of chemical reactions that convert the energy in food molecules into usable energy called adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. I'll call this fuel or energy ATP for the rest of the podcast. Okay, so respiration takes food and makes it into fuel. Cellular respiration actually has two steps. The first has a fancy name, glycolysis. Do you remember that word glucose? We've talked about it before. Basically, glucose is sugar that our body uses, and it's the main meal of a cell. Glycolysis is the process where the cell takes glucose and breaks it down into tinier molecules. It takes a little bit of fuel, or ATP, for the cell to digest its delicious meal of glucose, but the process produces a little fuel as well. But the main fuel, or ATP, is produced in step two. 
This step doesn't really have a name, but it takes place in the powerhouse of the cell. Do you remember the name of that organelle? It's mitochondria. These organelles are called the powerhouse because they take those tiny molecules that used to be glucose and they mix them together with some oxygen and voila, the mitochondria has created a lot of energy. It's like a factory. They produce ATP and they have some leftover waste, water, and carbon dioxide. The cells use the fuel and throw out the water and CO2. Okay, so that's one way a cell can convert food into energy. Did you notice one thing that mitochondria needs to mix with that sugar in order to make ATP? It needs oxygen. Well, sometimes we have enough oxygen to go through that process, but other times oxygen in our bodies is scarce. Think about after you exercise. Are you ever really out of breath? When I run, my body makes me rest and sometimes I have to breathe heavily or I pant in order to get enough oxygen back into my body. But my cells have to keep going while I am catching my breath. So they have another way to make energy, even when I am out of oxygen. It's called fermentation. Without oxygen, the glucose or the food that my cell has and that mitochondria usually sucks up, it keeps floating around in the cytoplasm of my cells. The cytoplasm itself starts to make ATP. It's not very good at it, at least not compared to mitochondria, and it creates this waste called lactic acid. You might have heard of it. It makes your body feel really weird and tired. But some other organisms make lactic acid and we use it. Maybe if you've ever heard of yogurt, you have actually eaten something made from lactic acid. Bacteria ferments milk and the lactic acid produces things like yogurt, cheese, and sour cream. Certain cells, like yeast, don't make lactic acid during their fermentation. Instead, they make carbon dioxide and alcohol. When yeast is put into dough, like when you're making bread, the carbon dioxide creates bubbles. Have you ever noticed that the dough when you're making bread rises? Well, that's from the carbon dioxide being released from the yeast. Okay, let's recap quickly. In cellular respiration, glycolysis is the process that breaks down glucose, and mitochondria take those small molecules, mix them with oxygen, and create ATP, water, and carbon dioxide. In fermentation, there is no oxygen, so the cytoplasm breaks down glucose and sometimes produces ATP plus lactic acid, and in other times it produces ATP, carbon dioxide, and alcohol. All of these things happen in bacteria, animals, humans, but something's a little different about plants. Maybe you've heard the word photosynthesis. This is a series of chemical reactions that convert light water and carbon dioxide into glucose or food and it releases oxygen in the process this is what plants do and why they matter so much to us just by sitting around in the sunlight plants create the glucose that we need for food and the oxygen that we need to change our food into energy okay this is how this works have you noticed that plants are a little greener than we are 
That's actually how they can capture energy from light. Chlorophyll is a special pigment that turns plants green. It actually absorbs all colors in light except for the color green, and that green bounces off plants and back to us, but that's another conversation for another time. Inside a plant cell, there's this special organelle that none of my cells have. These are called chloroplasts. They sound a little like chlorophyll, right? Well, chloroplasts absorb light, they suck up water and CO2, and they produce glucose and oxygen. Okay, recap. Animal cells take in oxygen and glucose, which all originally comes from plants. Animal cells make carbon dioxide, water, and ATP. Plant cells take in the carbon dioxide and water, plus a little sunlight, and make oxygen and glucose. So what does this mean? It means that all living things need each other to survive. We need our forests as much as we need our farms and as much as we need each other. Is it okay if I step away from being a scientist for a minute and think more like an artist? When I look outside at all of the diversity around me, I am so thankful. Yes, I'm thankful that plants give me the food I need to survive or they feed the animals that are the food that I eat. But I'm also thankful for the beauty and the diversity of all the things I can see out my window. Being in nature makes me feel happy and inspired and awed. I hate that some people have to suffer. I hate that there are wildfires that are tearing families and communities apart. I also hate that the habitat that humans live in are being destroyed. The habitat includes the plants and animals all around them. A habitat for a human is more than just a house and just a grocery store. It is beautiful to be connected, but it's also sad. It's sad when we lose creatures that make our lives more beautiful. And it's sad when we lose organisms that we depend on for survival. I hope as scientists, as biologists, we can work together to help out these habitats that are in danger. For the sake of our friends and families and people we don't know, and for the sake of preserving the beauty and the diversity of the planet that we live on. Before we go, let's recap the definitions of some of these important words. Cellular respiration. That's the process where a cell breaks down glucose and turns it into ATP, along with a little bit of water and CO2. Glycolysis is the part of cellular respiration where our glucose is broken down. Fermentation is when your cells don't have oxygen, so they produce ATP in the cytoplasm along with some lactic acid. Photosynthesis is the process by which plants take in sunlight, water, and carbon dioxide and produce glucose and oxygen, the two things that we need to survive. And lastly, adenosine triphosphate is the fancy name for ATP, or the fuel that our cells need to do all the things they need to do. All right, that's it for today. My challenge for you is to go out and appreciate the incredible habitat in which you live. See you next time.